amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Cindy Stumpo's a general contractor. Look, whatever happens between the roof and the foundation. For 25 years and counting, Stumpo's been building houses and shattering stereotypes. Building a home and building a life. This is my show and this is where we're going. Cindy Stumpo is tough as nails. There's a place in and welcome to City Stumpo, Tough as Nails on WBZ News Radio 1030. And I'm here tonight with who? Did you just have like a Southern Twain accent right now? I don't know. I don't know what's going on with me. <laughs> we just blame everything on menopause, okay? It's menopause. She's been saying that for like 10 years now. Everything's menopause. It's All not, her craziness it, before that's not wasn't true. legitimate. Now she has a reason. Okay, no, that, but okay, that was just being crazy. That, no, that's actually called. Being a mom, working 18-hour days in construction with men all day. Yep, that'll make you crazy. Who do we have in the studio tonight? Andy. Does Andy have a last name? Franklin. Okay, what does Andy Franklin do, Sammy? He is the VP of... Senior Vice President of... The Village Bank. No, Lending at Village Bank. Right. Andy, do I have that right? That's correct. What are you? Senior Vice President of Lending at the Village Bank. Okay, Andy's going to tell us about himself. Andy, tell us about yourself. Um... As you said, Cindy, I've been there for, uh, I've been at the bank for 17 years as a senior lender, so we do residential mortgages. We've known each other for 17 years? Uh, at least, yeah. Yeah, that uh, means we're both getting old. Go ahead. And I've been at the bank for 17 years. Um, so we have uh, two areas we focus on, residential lending, consumer loans, and then also commercial, you know, business loans. So I'm responsible for, for a lot of things. The bank. Yep. All right. So you're the guy people come to that... They want to borrow money, and you either go yay or nay? Correct. So that's what Andy does. Andy, let's talk about, let's start off the night with how drastically has the local banking industry been open? Yeah, so I think, uh, fortunately, uh, the banks in New England and here locally or outside of Boston have been insulated from a lot of the problems that you might have seen uh, throughout the country. Um, with borrowers, like? I mean, there's there's borrowers that need need help and obviously need to to uh, defer payments and restructure loans and all those. that really stepped up with them, but in terms of some of the significant problems that other banks around the country have faced, both now and then, you know, more recently in 2008, nine, and ten when the recession happened, uh, the banks in this area have uh, done very well. Okay. Economy okay. strong hasn't had the fluctuations that other areas of the country have had. But it seems that real estate is booming all over the country right now. I'm not talking about, um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do two things at once. You want me to help him move his mic? Yeah. Okay, thank you. To the mic. How about this, Ross? Stay with me here, okay? I can't think, read, talk, ask questions, and tell Andy to move his mic at the same time, all right? So basically, I know you guys are spending months and months getting money out to people that needed it, right? Mm. Yep. And how, how much money did you guys have to give out from the bank on the... Um, SBA loans? Or, yeah, and the SBA. Yeah, all, I mean, the, that's all the banks are helping borrowers um, from every business. Um, and how many loans keep, did you have to send open. out? I mean, we we did that all remotely. Um, so we were all working, like a lot of banks, working outside of the office when the SBA program kicked off in early April. 
and we are able to do over uh, 450 loans, about 45 million of loans to small businesses. So we really focused our efforts on it's everything from the local pizza shop to the florist to accountants, whatever it is, anybody that needed, you know. And how many hours were you guys all going? It was insane uh, because it was a first-come, first-served basis so that the SBA created, the Treasury, they created a program. Initially, um, I think $600 billion of loans, but it was first-come, first-served. So as a bank, you had to take your application for your customer. You had to get into the website, get the loan approved. Um, But the money was running out quickly. They ran out, the first tranche ran out in a, a week and a half. And they reopened it up. So it was very stressful stressful for our borrowers who didn't know where they stood, for the bank. Bankers working 18 hours a day, you know, up through midnight, 2, 3 in the morning, just to try to get loan applications submitted to the SBA and get them approved. Now, did most banks have to take care of their own clients first, their own yes, customer and base? Most, and then- most banks focused on their existing customer base because you had to try to pare it down because the demand was overwhelming. The first day that we opened up the program, we had hundreds, three, four hundred applicants looking for loans. So, and that was just our customer base. And we couldn't, you know, open that up to non-customers. So, ironically... Um, were your customers thankful? thankful? Did they oh, say yeah. thank oh, you? Yeah, did they realize you guys were working <laughs> till midnight to get this done for them? Definitely did. Um, definitely. And it feels great to be able to help, help the companies. You know, it's restaurants is probably the best example that that people think of with the SBA PPP loans is they were, they were shut down in order to keep their employees um, going. They needed the loans, the SBA loans, in order just to pay their employees who were basically furloughed. So um, tremendously satisfying to be able to get our, our, our small businesses uh, funds to keep their... And now when we fast forward to this moment, how are... What's coming next, you think? Yeah, so there's... Another Ironically, package? we were just talking, Cindy, about how um, that money was a first-come, first-served basis. The first tranche ran out in a week and a half. They opened it up again. That money ran out. They allocated new money, more money. This is the SBA. And the applicants kind of dried up, and there's still about $100 billion of funds available. So after this rush of working 18-hour days, trying to get the money as quickly as possible... There's still $100 billion, and the SBA shut off the program as of August 8th, and now Congress is bickering about reopening the program. I think there's a there's a consensus that they want to uh, supplement the program, add another billion, make another $200 billion available. Okay, then, since August 8th, though, people are still collecting, though, that we know no, of, right? We can't close any more loans. The program's can't. been shut down. Now, what if the bank wants to come in? What if I need a loan, and yep. I can back it up? With yep. property yeah, or yeah. as, as usual, usual banks have stayed open, making commercial loans, residential loans, and again, as we alluded to in the beginning, we're fortunate in this marketplace where there's been strong demand. Um, you know, businesses, you know, construction. You do a lot of construction lending. That's been very active, um, but unfortunately, a lot of the small businesses still haven't been able to get up and operating. Whether it's hotels, restaurants. I mean, there's. You know, it's crazy. Of- I called the diplomat in Florida. I just—I don't know why I call these hotels. I stay at the diplomat in Florida. It's still not open, yeah. and I'm assuming because it's such a big hotel in Reliant Conventions that they probably figure. I think conventions is a big yeah. It's issue. cheaper to stay closed than to open and operate. The Palmer Hotel in Chicago just filed bankruptcy, and they're—they're going to go to foreclosure. I don't know if they filed bankruptcy, but I think it's going to foreclosure. It's a huge hotel that you, relies on conventions. Do you ever ask yourself as a banker? 
We've seen some bad times, right? I have yep. in 33 years. Yep. I can, I, I've seen some. 37 for me. Right. So, so 30, 30, yeah, you're older than I am, right? <laughs> no, you're not. I'm, I'm older than you. No, I'm, I'm almost 60. Okay, he's you're older. You're younger than I am. Okay, I'm a little bit younger. <laughs> you got me. But at the end of the day, if you were to ask yourself, would the real estate market and the stock market be at all-time highs again, rocking and rolling, and we're getting hit with COVID, we're getting hit with, I, I, I pause yeah. this, we're getting hit with everything you possibly get hit with, right? Yep. Streets, looting, the, you know, killings, blah, everything up, and our market's still rocketing yeah. and rolling. I think there's a lot of emotion. Uh, you know, that drives the stock market, so... Um, okay, and you think that... Um, but in you, terms of um, what's happened, you're right, in the last... 30, we should be in a depression. Years. No, it, it's... Uh, I think the action that the Federal Reserve, the, the Fed took to to get money out to people, the SBA loans, I think that certainly helped. It kept, kept money flowing. The unemployment insurance that was provided to uh, people, $600 a month. And you I'm think sorry. that's what kept the market alive? The consumer spending has certainly uh, generated a lot of the, you know, the positive uh, economic outlook. So, um, But you know, do you ever sit for, back in your bed and go, we should not be moving there's this, there's a disconnect. $10 million homes and $8 million right. and there's $5 million? There's a disconnect between... And, the housing market, I think the stock market, certainly, if you think about um, still 11 million people unemployed. You know, it's down from 22 million unemployed. Um, right. Hold that thought. We're going to break. I'm Cindy Stumpling. You're listening to Tough as Nails on WBZ News Radio 1030. Sponsored by National Lumber, Pella Windows, Stowe Corp, and Next Day Molding. Welcome back to Tough as Nails on WBZ News Radio 1030. And I'm Cindy, and I'm here with Sammy, and I'm here with Andy Franklin from Village Bank. Andy, real fast, personal opinion again. Should the market be rocking and rolling the way it is, or should it not be? Real estate or stock market? Everything. Yeah. I think um, the real estate market doesn't surprise me, uh, because if you are looking for real estate, your primary residence, for example, it really should be a longer-term investment. Um, so you're di- telling people to buy? Yes, okay. definitely. I mean, um, again, it's your home. It's a longer-term investment. If you're doing speculative construction, Lenny, like you do, yeah, just take just <laughs> get my 38 and put it in my head, okay? Because so, at any time, the, woo, the so wheels go. Is going. there a difference to you between a single-family home and a condo or multifamily? Um, in what in this marketplace yeah. right now? What's your question? Meaning, like lending-wise, with what part? No, they're all the same. Yeah, I think again, it's that's driven by the particular market. You know, as you know, Brookline's very much a condominium market. Uh, Boston's a condominium market. Newton's single family, single family, but strong condominium market. But you go out a little farther, my town, Coasa, where I live, there's no condos, so it's single family homes there. Your so, market went up high. The market's strong, and one of the reasons there is um, there's, there's a couple things I've learned in my career that are immutable laws we'll share with of us. economics. Go ahead. And it's we're not we're that, listening. It's not that great of an insight, but Go ahead. We'll take it's it. fundamentally true. And it's I learned in college, and it's 
proven true for 37 years. Two Good. things, supply and demand. Yep. You cannot get around supply and demand affects the prices. Of ever. ever? Just like we can't get Clorox bleach wipes? <laughs> okay, <laughs> good. I'll give you a perfect example. Cohasset. Last year at this time, Cohasset had 77 houses on the market. Mm-hmm. Prices, you know, just putter along, nothing great. I, I don't know the exact number. Three they weren't or four really moving. Increase. A lot of things were sitting. Right now, there's 40 houses on the market, ha- half the number in Cohasset. And this is after houses weren't on the market in the spring. So you think this time of year, given what happened in the spring, There'd be more houses on the market, but now we're half, almost half. Them. Okay, so my question so is... just supply is not there, demand's still there. So Prices people want to move all the way out to Cohasset. I think if you're looking at Concord, I, that's another one I just looked up, uh, Cindy. Concord this time last year, 110 houses on the market last year, 43 now. Wayland, 45 houses on the market last year, 13 now. And you go to Brookline, houses... 50 on the market last year, 49 now. Not much of a change. Even Newton hasn't had that big of a change in the number of houses on the market. What that's indicating to me... And that's new and you. That's new and old... Con- Correct. All of yeah, all. All, okay. Construction. I don't know. Not, not just new. <laughs> not new construction. So right. people are looking for a little more to land, space, get out of the city, and that's definitely been a trend. I mean, Boston condos are up 60% on the market compared to last year. There's 60% more condos in the market. Yeah, but I hear... we. As Sammy would say, right now there's They're trading a, at ten to seventeen percent below asking. Right, and everyone wants the COVID discount. Right, definitely. Well, again, the, going back to the, the law, supply and demand. There's way too much supply in Boston. In Boston demands lower. Cohasset, you asked why the prices of why it's doing so well. The supply is is lower, and I think that's you know. You know, listen. I hear here's my thing. I don't want to see Boston adjust, you know, crazy numbers. But I also want our kids to be able to afford again right. in Boston. And they couldn't afford the last four years. And they started going out to Revere, Chelsea, Medford, Malden, outside of Boston. And even there, Revere's getting crazy amounts of money for rent. Yeah. So I Melrose. don't kind of... Melrose. Melrose I, I was just with... in Melrose. Uh, working class down traditionally. Yeah. And you can't buy anything I w- in Melrose. I won't say the politician I was with uh, at a fundraiser... But she said, Cindy, we were fighting to get out of Somerville. Now they're fighting to get in Somerville, right? It was the best line I heard. But at the end, like, I want my kids to be able to afford living in Boston. And they can't. No. So I don't care if there's a little adjustment. Just keep yeah, out of the suburbs, okay? Part of the challenge is just to... Is, we don't want it in the suburbs, but you can have it in Boston. My okay. wife and I are uh, just put our house on the market. Um, well, you should, because now you're going to have all the big swing well, of equity, and then go buy in Boston. Well, but that's <laughs> the challenge we're finding. We only put on the house on the market uh, last Friday. Our last uh, child moved out with the college, so Yay. the house is too big. Well, right now, all of them are coming back. Everyone, right. every, so, everyone that I'm meeting, yes, like, all their true. kids are coming back well, that's, now. That's, that's another home. reason why this, I think the supply is down is because people aren't listing their houses because, one, they're working from home, and they have a nice house. Their kids might be going to college from home, so they don't want to sell their house now because they need the space. They might not be downsizing, so that's increasing, decreasing the supply. But we are put our house on the market, and our our only issue is where do we buy next? Exactly. If we want to downsize, we're competing with but my you don't children's buy. generations because they're all coming out to buy their first home, and we're competing with them. You don't. You rent. Yeah, we rent or you buy. You sell now high. Yep. You go rent low for the next year or two, right. and the market's going to God knows go where. Right? This right. can't look at. We're on how long of a run right now? We're we're we're, we're past eight years now. We started come out of the 08 crash. I 11, did anyways yeah. around 11. Yeah. Okay. But really, and from 2013 on. 
What's that? 2013 was the big surge up. Yep. It, it doesn't matter. It's from the bottom to when it starts to go up. So 11, 12 start to move up. The the the, the uh, bar started to move up. If you do the year count, that's what? How many years now? Let's go off 11. 7, 8, 11, yep. Right? Yep. So that's the year count. It's usually eight years on, eight years off, eight years on, eight years off. But I think the thing that's protected this area is that those off years have not been as drastic as they are in other parts of the country. No, you were with me when I was building 08, 09, 10. You've been with me for 17 years. I, you know, I'm looking at one of the pictures right now, right? Like, right there. They're both um, here. They didn't. Um, there and here. Yeah, Street. right, Heath Street, right there. You know, they didn't sell as fast, but they still sold, right? right? So it just took a little bit of time, a little longer to do, but long, a little longer to sell, but they sold. Me, if I was you, I'd sell the house in Cohasset, rent something, and then figure it out. That's and that's what a lot of people are doing. <laughs> Friends of mine up the North Shore, Manchester by the Sea, which is comparable to where you live in Cohasset, was dead. I mean, nothing was selling right. up Manchester either. It's a beautiful yeah, community, beach man. community, right? But And now they're selling and they're going off to rent. Okay. Have you noticed online banking is being used more often? Online banking? Yeah. Uh, definitely, yeah. Just from a, a general trend, the, the branch traffic is way down. That was a trend that was uh, in place prior to COVID, people becoming more comfortable using online banking, but certainly you know, our branches are open, but the branch traffic is way down. Yeah. Hey, meanwhile, you guys just opened up that beautiful location, your main it's, headquarters, right? How long have you been? You know, <laughs> what you guys, August how long? Of last year. Right, yeah. and you spent, what, six months and bang, you were closed down <laughs> closed, over there. But we're working our way back. Okay, let's talk about residential mortgage rates. Have they ever been this low? They have never been this low. Ever? Ever. Never, think, never? How about when our grandparents? Um, since they've been keeping track of it back 50 years, so before the 70s. Yeah, I don't... No, I thought the 70s were high mortgage rates. Right, no, I've been the lowest since the 70s. So what was... Sure. Well, in 50 years, do you know, and, I'm, and maybe you don't, right? You haven't been banking for 50 years, but maybe you haven't. What has been the lowest interest rate in 50 years? Today. Today. Today's the lowest interest rate that's been in the 50 years. Which, what is today? I mean, a 30-year fixed. Listen, today happens to be Saturday, okay? Saturday. No, go ahead. Again, if, you, if it's a conforming loan, you can get a rate that's below 3% on a 30 Okay, explain fixed. to people what is a conforming loan. For people that really don't comprehend, sure. there's a lot of new buyers out there. Go ahead. Okay. What's a conforming loan? So, um, as you may or may not know, much of the residential mortgage market is supported by the federal government through the FHA Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae mortgages that are, they have to be a conforming loan of a certain size. So typically that's $510,000 throughout the or, country. Or under, right? Or Up under. to 510 is? 510 is typical, but in certain higher cost counties. I thought it was 750. In certain higher cost counties like Middlesex County where we are, yeah. it's 688. Um, Norfolk County in Massachusetts, 688,000. Or below would be conformed. If you go down to Florida? If you go to Florida, again, because it would be based on counties. Okay. Nantucket's even higher. Nantucket might be 750 Okay. Just, so it changes. It's, yeah, it depends on how expensive. But if you have a conforming mortgage of whatever that dollar amount is, 510 688 or below, the federal government supports those loans and has made it very easy for people to get 30-year fixed rate loans. At 30-year fixed rates, 38 as long as you rate, keep under that number. Under that dollar amount, you can get... Less than 3% fixed for 30 years. 
Now, I would assume that's usually first-time home buyers. Nope. 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 That's anybody. Okay. Are there uh, first-time home buyers um, plans? Yeah, there's many different programs for first-time home buyers. I go ahead. Yep, low, low down payments. Typically, that's a 20% down payment. You know, when you buy a house, but first-time home buyers have other. Since they don't have the cash for down payment, there's other programs that they can use with lower down payment. Okay, and what are the interest rates going to raise? So the rates are going to be a little bit higher. There's Massachusetts programs. It varies. You can put down 3% and get a little higher rate. So the advantage is they have, they don't have to put down 20%. Correct. They can put 3%, 4% down. Correct. They're just going to carry a higher interest rate. Correct. Right? Correct. Okay, and then a 15-year? 15-year fixed rate conforming loan again. All right, hold that thought. We're going to break. I'm Cindy Stump when you listen to Tough as Nails and WBZ News Radio 1030. Sponsored by Village Bank, Smaller Insurance, Floor and Decor, and Kennedy Carpet. Ooh, child, things are going to get easier. Ooh, child, things will get brighter. And welcome back to Tough as Nails on WBZ News Radio 1030. And I'm Cindy, and I'm here with Sammy. I'm here with Andy Franklin from Village Bank. Andy, uh, 15 year. So, 15 year fixed conforming loan. You're probably talking right now about 2.5%, which. Imagine borrowing money at 2.5%. It's unbelievable. Again, so these are loans that get bundled into securities, sold off to investors. Uh, Most banks, like the Village Bank, um, won't typically hold those loans on their books. We don't sell our loans. Um, One of the advantages that we have, we we originate loans, keep them on our books. We don't sell them off to somebody else. But those loans, the reason why they can uh, offer those rates so low is because they get bundled into securities. And right now, as Ross alluded to, the federal government is actually buying up. The Ross is our producer in the studio right now. Go ahead. Who gets yelled at a lot? The, the federal government's buying up those investments to help drive down the interest rates. And that's one of the primary reasons the interest rates right now are so low. The federal government is buying up the, the bonds, the debt, which, again, supply and demand, increased demand for the, the bonds drives down the prices. Okay, Andy, if you can write a 15-year for 2.5%, why are people doing three-year, five-year, seven-year, two-year arms? Yeah, so you have to qualify. So it's a little stricter qualification standards to, to get a secondary market loan. So, um, you know, income support. Um, there's there's very few exceptions that can be made. So you, there's a stricter underwriting standards in order to qualify for the secondary market. But yes, if you... So plus, you tell me it's fifth, harder to get a 15-year mortgage than a 7-year or a 3-year or 2-year or 5-year out. Not necessarily, no. So the conforming loan is where it gets a little more difficult. So um, because there's program guidelines, as I said, the federal government is supporting those loans. You have to underwrite. It has to fit in boxes. You have income level this, your credit score is this, and if you don't fit in those boxes, then you won't qualify for the loan. So you can go into a different box. Go to a different box, the rate could be higher, or you come to a... You guys get a lot of boxes. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. You got to go to that box, okay? But, you get to go to this box. We don't do that the Village Bank, since we, we handle all our loans, keep them in-house, we have flexibility. Okay. So if, if your credit score is not 720, it's 719. Okay, got it. So basically, okay. you have, yeah, that's, that's I forgot about credit scores, too. But let's say, okay, if you fit into that box and you... For 2.5%, would you write a 15-year 2.5% today if you were in your 30s 
Or would you go with the arm rates? Right. So there, it's going to depend on the monthly payment. Because that 15-year fixed rate, remember, you're repaying that loan over 15 years completely. Right. So your payment's going to be a little higher. But you're paying down principal and interest. Very rapidly. So if you uh, and, you, and hold it, on. Yes. At 2.5%, you're paying mainly yes. principal than interest. Correct. Okay. Correct. Versus some people are stretching to buy a house. They need a 30-year repayment because the payment will be lower. Our parents didn't do that. No. No, no. There's no such thing in some countries as a 30-year loan. It, that's crazy. Um, right. Most of us won't live that long, okay? It's so, especially you get to a certain age, right? Yeah. Um, 56, let me write a 30-year mortgage, right? Why would you even write a 30-year mortgage? Some are 40. Some banks will do 40 years. So. I would tell you, and this is my personal opinion, two kids, one being 33, one being 27, if they were buying homes right now, I would make them write a 15 at 2.5%. Yeah, that's because money. you're actually, it's like a little savings account, too. Think about it. You're paying down... Right. Majority principal than the interest, Correct. right? It's yep. it's it's a no-win situation. I wouldn't want them to do just an interest loan as long as they can afford that monthly payment. But some people say, "Oh, I can stretch to buy a bigger house, a more expensive condo, because I can do a 30-year rate and an adjustable rate of 2.75 percent. I can afford a bigger house." So, and to me, that's smoke and mirrors. Yeah, no, it, yeah okay. it depends. So laid out in round numbers. Okay. I didn't bring my calculator. But. And I don't have my calculator. But <laughs> the bottom line is, the bottom line, Sammy, is 2.5% on a 15-year mortgage. Okay, use me as a dummy situation then. Go ahead. So say I'm buying a house that's $2 million. Okay. I'd make you absolutely write a mortgage for 2.5% for 15 years. would be putting We'd, down what? It would be a lot higher than it would be on a straight interest. It would be a lot higher. Like what, 40% more? Yes. I mean, if you're doing a third-year loan, you can get an adjustable rate at 2.75%. So your rate's about the same, but now you're going to be repaying that over 30 years versus the 15, so your payment's going to be significantly higher. But if you can afford it, you're right, Cindy. But that's a savings. Okay, here's how I look at it. She's putting money in the bank. She's putting it into her real estate. It's not going to deposit it into her savings account, but (laughs) it's an automatic way of her to save. And pay out 2.5% interest. Yeah. I just see it to be a win-win. Sorry, that's just my opinion. Yeah. How does this compare to the 2008 financial crisis right now where we stand? No comparison? Apples and oranges. It's just different. It's, yeah, it's, um, I know we touched upon it before. But, no, but this is worldwide pandemic. It's just got a different feel from an economic standpoint. I think for at least New England, it's probably fairly similar, though there's... Uh, more people unemployed right now, um, but in terms of just the economic impact, I think they're, they're similar. But okay, I think I think it was worse in 08, 09, and ten. I, I really yeah. do. But that's just what I'm seeing. I, I this should be devastation, like I said before, and it's not. I, right. We are, but we're not seeing. It. We are seeing it, but we're not. And I can't even explain it. It's like th- everybody's like, a lunatic right now. Everybody's I think, crazy. Yeah, I think people are crazy. Has the feeling crazy people. that it's going to be shorter term once there's some resolution found and the economy is hopefully will snap back. I think is the feeling versus what happened in 08 and 09 was a fundamental uh, crisis in our financial system that lasted for years. You know, you know. Investment banks. Um, How many years, Andy? Florida got out of it so fast. We came out of it fast. But you're still talking about you know years of recession versus this, and 
there's been recovery, and the hope is that we have a recovery. What we go down the stock market for a week? If you well, jumped yeah, in that week, you're a, you're a multimillionaire right, right now, right? right. <laughs> it's yeah. it's what is okay. What ha- what needs to happen for rates to go back up, and do you see them going back up? Well, the Federal Reserve has indicated just the other day that they plan on keeping rates low at least till 2023. So it's going to be years before I think rates go back up based on what they're saying. You know, Japan has had a low interest rate environment for 20 years. So, uh, you know, 19, 18 years ago, if you asked people in Japan if they thought interest rates would be near zero for, for 20 years, they would have said no, but it's effectively been okay. low interest rate environment. So they're not going to change. You're saying 2023, right? Well, the Federal Reserve. Okay, Federal Reserve. How about them going down even further? That's kind of scary um, from a banking perspective because they need to have a margin. Banks have to have some margin above zero in order to cover costs. Um, there are some countries that have negative interest rates. Yeah, my client just told me about that. I don't understand that. Yep, so uh, Denmark, Sweden. I mean, You pay them so, to put your money in the bank. Right, so if you deposit money in the bank, you pay us a fee to hold your money. That's it. Conversely, though, conversely, if I make a loan to you and your interest rates go negative, I pay you interest. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It, it, it's so, cuckoo. It's cuckoo. Yeah. It, but yeah, that's it. You pay the bank money to hold your money and be safe, right? And I pay you. To, I pay you money to lend it to you. So What's it's completely it? reversed. And the idea is to try to spur lending and spur people from instead of people. Uh, depositing and saving their money, having them spend it. And the idea is, okay, can that happen if I'm here, bank Andy? Lending you and its negative interest rates, I'm going to, in theory, lend out more money. And as I lend out more money, the interest rates will start to go up. Can that happen here? Uh, they say I guess no. you say the never, Fed, say never, Fed, though. Fed, is that the same? Powell same? said he was not in favor of negative interest rates. I don't think there's any. Um, any banker that would be in favor of a negative interest rate. Okay. I don't even think, yeah. Can we drop still another half a point? I that's think so. A, that's a possibility. Uh, we're expecting these interest rates to, as I said, continue for several years. And could a 30-year bounce around two and a quarter, two and a half percent? I guess I wouldn't be surprised if you got to that point. Below 2% for a 15-year rate? I could see that. You could get a 15-year mortgage at some point below 2%. Okay. What about this? Is it possible for someone to defer their mortgage payment if they are unable to make their payments right now? What's going on? Yes, most definitely. Go ahead. Um, so in Massachusetts, well, the federal government, as part of the CARES Act, required all... Uh, Andy, don't pay attention to Ross's uh, clock, okay? Uh, you look at me, I look at the clock, and then we don't... Ross, this Ross's clock. It's very distracting, Ross. Oh, my God, so distracting. 19, 18, 15. We, we got it. Put it down. Then we got it. I'm taking this out. We're going to break. I'm Sidney Stumpo, and you listen to Tough as Nails on WBZ News Radio 1030, and we're going to push Ross down. Ross down. Okay? Rush. Rush. We're going to push. Rush. Sponsored by Millennium Marble, Aquarelle Painting, World Auto Body, and Aspen Environmental. Tough as nails on WBZ News Radio 
Kyle, City Stumper on WBZ News Radio 1030. And I'm here with Sammy and I'm here with Andy. Andy, my last question to you was mortgage payments. If they're unable to make their payments, what happens? I own a home. I can't pay you. I'm not making money. What's the bank going to do? Right. The old days, you would foreclose, right? Not not the Village Bank. Not, yeah, no, not banks, the Village right? Bank. We love the Village Bank, okay? <laughs> so, Everybody should bank with the Village Bank. No, that's the truth. I've been with them, obviously, for over 17-plus years. Go ahead. Um, so, yes, if you have one of the federal mortgages we're talking about back by Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, you're entitled to, I believe, is a 12-month deferral of payments automatically. So is this vast, with COVID rules or, yes, or rules in general? Yes, CARES Act. Okay. So the vast majority of mortgages underwritten in the country are Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac back. So anybody that has one of those has the opportunity to get a payment deferral. In the state of Massachusetts, each state has enacted different laws as well. So Massachusetts... Let's talk about right here. Yep, Massachusetts Governor Baker passed uh, Mass Chapter 65 in April, which says that if you state that you've been impacted negatively by COVID financially, then a bank has to grant you up to six-month payment deferrals of payment deferral. So that means if you came to the bank and said, I can't make my, my May, April, and May, June, July, August, September payment, the bank would defer those six payments. And then those payments, that interest that accrued that you owed during those six months would be payable at the end of the loan. So not even at the end of that six months, the bank can't say, hey, give me the six months of payments you missed. It's when you pay the loan off, then you, you add the six interest. months back on. Yep. And so what we've done in those cases, we bump out the loan by six months maturity date, another six months, so that when they start making payments again, the borrower... Now, these people have to prove that they really can't pay it, or... They do not have to prove. They, they just don't. have to state that they've been impacted by COVID. That's it. Correct. I can just call you and say I've been impacted by COVID. Correct. I'm impacted. I'm not paying you guys the penny next month or the month after the month after on all my real estate loans. Okay. I no. can challenge you. I know you could. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But people can just say, Correct. I no, can't again, do this right now, and you have to give them the break. Right. And we've been doing that for our customers. That's all the banks in Massachusetts are doing, just to help customers. No no bank wants to foreclose. So well, we're this time. Here was problem in 08, 9, 10, and I will still live by what I say on this. Banks hurt their developers. The village didn't do that to their developers. And, I'm, and, and, and people, I'm standing here, I can say that. But all the big banks, this is why I hate big banks. I hate going to big banks because they're just a little fish and no one cares about you, right? You guys didn't foreclose, okay? You helped your builders out. You stood behind them. The big banks went, you're out. We're foreclosing. So the banks end up with all this property once again. Right. Instead of standing behind your builders and your developers out there and going, okay, let's have a meeting. Let you, one-on-one, okay, what's going to take? How long? We're going to work with you. We're going to stay with you. You know? Yeah, so I'm, I, I 100% agree. I'm biased. Obviously, I work for a community bank, and there's a lot of great community banks in Massachusetts that they're able to do things like that. They're able to work with their customers, work through problems. So why do people bank at big banks? That's a good question. I mean, there's I a convenience them. factor. I really do. I really do. I, I can't stand I'm them. not a fan either. Yeah, there's can't a, stand them. That advantage might be going away a little bit because, um, you know, their, their branches were ubiquitous, and that's becoming less of an issue for people because a lot of people aren't going into branches anymore. So. Well, also, not everyone's cookie cutter. Everyone's yeah. situation is different. No, I, I just, I've just watched so many of these big banks. When we're about to get to the closing table with clients, at the last minute, they were asking for this and for this and for the. Why didn't you ask me? Ask my client for that a month ago. Yeah. Do we, why is always the day before? All of my buyers that 
I refer to you. There's never an issue. We get to the closing table, and there's never an issue. You got these big banks, and I, I literally make the joke: is do they want what your first child, your second child, your grandchildren? It's just too complicated. You make it so easy, well, and my clients all know that. Well, the other thing is that every big bank that I've ever seen a transaction happen with, every appraiser that they hire doesn't know this area. Oh, that, that's every that because they're not because the big banks again just call whoever and send it out. They don't know. They're a national bank. They're just sending it out. And the difference between uh, Andy and Village, they're going to hire local appraisers that know Newton, Brookline, wherever they're lending, and they're going to be on their game. That's the big difference. I feel like that should be required. You can't, the big banks, you can't. It's, it's just like next to impossible. Okay, what else do you see if people are in hardship right now that have uh, lines of credits on their homes? Those are deferred to? Yep. They have a line of anything. Home equity lines. What about car payments with you guys? Car payments in our mandatory. Go ahead. Uh, not You're like me right now. I'm sorry. It's okay. Required. There is mail medical. Have you checked your test around? <laughs> <laughs> have Test-er you checked? Test- wow. Wow. I'm having mandated. trouble today. Okay. Both of you. Do you need some sugar, both of you? <laughs> I think that's the problem. I'm mandated um, by Mass Chapter 65. But yes, we work with borrowers, whether it's car loans or commercial loans. Again, it's not just the village bank, all the community banks, I think. All right. So people need to understand they cannot, by law, get evicted. I know you don't do evictions. Um, but I'm sure you have clients, developers yep. that own Correct. real estate and own apartment buildings. Correct. I don't think they can evict. Correct. So right. if they're not, here's my question. If the developer is not collecting rents, how's he paying you guys That's the mortgage? Question, right. Let's go there. So again, the, the banks have to work with the developer or the, or the landlord and the property owner. Um, it's a trickle down effect. I mean, it's, it's happening every day. So. Every day. And all banks are seeing it. And but the banks do or don't have to work. Like if no, you, with a commercial customer, the banks are not required by law to work with with them. So if his tenants aren't paying, that's his and or her problem. The, the bank, the bank could foreclose. Correct. And that would not really behoove the bank to do that. No, but maybe it would. Can. No, it because can. maybe somebody stronger can come in and buy that building and be able to afford. Right. Uh, people not to pay rent for six months and still be able to carry it, right? Yeah. But again, we're in, we're in that market that everybody's been buying a property because their money's been making no money right in the bank, right. and they got scared of the, the stock market for a while. I don't know if they're still scared. And then everybody has been buying real estate. Oh, by the way, you know, everybody's a builder right now. I know. I kind of laugh. Can they like, go back to being pizza men? <laughs> yeah, can they go to what they came, like, can I be a doctor tomorrow? No, but everybody's a builder right now. Okay, so what else is the hardship at the bank right now? Like, I know when I call there, and I, I don't deal with tellers, and I want to get right to the, the woman that I need to talk to in that bank. I'm like, okay, so you got to send an email to Lisa, and Lisa will call me back. This was like really, and Lisa did, and they did. They called me back, but I'm used to picking up the phone and getting, hi, you know what I mean? And now it's like, we're going to send an email because everybody's working remotely. from home. Yeah, I think that's been a, been a challenge for all the banks. Um, working remotely, it's been six months now, yeah, it's over six months since we've been I've only working. seen, like, the lobby of the lobby of that building. <laughs> right. The lobby of the lobby. It's yeah, it. that's all you can go to, the lobby of the lobby. There's a lot of things on those white tables <laughs> in the last six months. <laughs> so there, when, are we, when do you think 
village and most banks will be running at 100% capacity again? Or, or, or is time's going to change for banking? Yeah, I think it's not just banking. It's all the industries that are going to take a look at how they've they work and how people commute and where they work from. I, I don't think banks are going to be immune to that. You know, it's actually funny because for literally seven years, I've been torturing Ray. Like, you know, he's with UBS, uh, senior VP over there. Why can't you go to Florida and stay 10 days longer if I can? You at least work from your computer. I can't. Right. And we battled this for seven years. Like, I'd say, dude, you can work from your computer. You, you know, you're in touch with your office. And he'd be like, I have to be back. I have my class. That, that, that. That's true. And now it took, right, it took this. Not me complaining. And even through this whole pandemic, he's been in that office every day. He tried for four days to stay in the house. Right. He was gone. Yeah. But now because he's been at his office with UBS through the whole thing, they're letting him stay. But no one else is in the office. It's Tim yep. and the manager of the office. And that's it. Maybe one other guy comes in. It's going to change the fundamentally office. Will we open? Yeah. So just the office space, the demand for office space, banks that have loans on office buildings, you know, the collateralized mortgage obligations that are secured by office buildings, that's going to be in, impacted. Retail space, malls, um, that trend I, I don't think is going to, going to change. So I, mean, I think there's going to be long-term impacts uh, okay. on real estate. Um, but people that need to go somewhere and make something industrial space, manufacturing, warehouse space, that's going to be fine. But where people can work from home, there's going to be an impact. Okay. We're going to break. I'm Sidney Stumpel. You listen to Tough as Nails on WBZ News Radio 1030. Welcome back to Tough as Nails on WBZ News Radio 1030. I'm here with Andy Franklin from Village Bank and Sammy Stumpo from Newbrook Realty. Andy, fast, take me out. We got 20, 40, 50, what do we got? 40 seconds. What makes Village Bank the best? Because you are the best. And that's only my opinion of 17 years, so I have the right to my opinion. What sets you apart from the other guys? Oh, I appreciate that, Cindy. I think, as we've talked about tonight, um, just to being a local community bank, with local decision making. Uh, we've been in the community for over 100 years. There's not a lot of red tape. When you want to get an answer, you know where you can get a quick answer from. Um, and we're committed to, to working with our customers. How's this? You guys care. We care. You care. It's a good way to summarize Okay, it. you care. Thank you, Andy, for coming on. Thank you, Samantha, for always co-hosting and giving up your Saturday night. This is Tough as Nails, and I'm Cindy Stumpo. Have a great, safe weekend, and we'll see you next week. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.